So, recap. If you, who's got a Bible, I encourage you to bring a Bible. One youth, can you say one youth? One youth is a Bible-bringing youth ministry, right? One youth are a note-taking youth ministry. Does anyone have agreement with that? We bring our Bible, we take notes. One youth is undistracted and engaged. One youth is awake and responsive. Does anyone anyone believe that in this place? This is one youth. We are a Bible-bringing youth ministry. We're a note-taking youth ministry. We're undistracted and engaged. And we are awake and responsive. So... Uh, to, to just do a bit of a recap, um, oh, actually, yeah, so Luke, bring in our Bibles. Luke chapter 6. Get, you got your Bible, go to the book of Luke chapter 6, and we're going to look at an interesting bit of Bible from Luke chapter 6. And while you're finding that, I'm going to pray. So, right now, why don't you just close your eyes, put yourself in a position to, to be between you and Jesus, alright? So, Holy Spirit, right now, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that what we're going to uh, experience tonight at youth isn't just going to be a, a babysitting program, but it's going to be a Holy Spirit moment where we be awakened spiritually, that we'll hear what we hear. God, we thank you tonight that each of us as young people, we weren't here by mistake, we weren't here by chance, but we'll hear for a divine purpose for your voice to be made clear in our lives. That tonight would be a, a distinction that would say, you know what, from that day forward, something was better, yep. something had changed. God had got a hold of me. Amen, amen, amen. It's interesting, right? Prayer. That's what I just did there. It's called a prayer. It's when we speak to God. Jesus taught a lot about praying. He spoke, had a lot to say about prayer, right? And so there's, one to- so there's a few times when Jesus is teaching people or teaching his disciples on how we should pray. And he says, he starts off with this line. So he, we, we looked at it when we did the following Jesus last week. We looked at the thing called the Lord's Prayer, which is Jesus is the Lord, and it's Jesus saying, this is how you should pray. And he says, our Father in heaven. Does anyone remember that? Yeah. Our Father in heaven. And then it continues on other prayer. But that first line has a lot of interesting things in it that we've got to take and understand what those realities mean. So the first point is, so uh, it says, our so Jesus says, when you pray, pray our Father in heaven, not my Father in heaven, right? So what, he, what he's saying is that our, our God, when we pray, because some people think, oh, you should only pray in private, which you should, all right? You should pray in private, but there's actually something about praying together. There's something about when we come together with our friends yep. and pray connected is what is actually, um, we can do that. So praying is something that we do Together. That's the first thing we look at. Then the next thing it says, uh, so we've got unsaid, prayer isn't solo, but prayer is about bringing the family together. It says, in heaven, our Father in heaven. So what, what Jesus is saying, so when we pray, we don't go, God, um, my, and whatever your issue is. It might be, God, I've got, we don't start the prayer, God, i got bullies in my life. We don't start the prayer, but God, um, my lunch tastes disgusting. Right, we don't start with our problem. We don't go, God, my little stupid problem on earth. We go, God, our Father in heaven. So we, when we pray, we, we align ourselves to what matters, which is, God, you're so big. God, you're a creator. God, you're divine. So when we start praying, we realign ourselves that God is bigger than yeah. my little issue. Yeah. God is bigger than anything that I am facing. So that's the second yeah. thing. We, 
when we pray, we, go, we, we can pray collectively. Then the second part of that is we don't just pray collectively, but we go, we realise that God is in heaven, God is bigger, God is above, and nothing that I'm facing should be prioritised that. But we, we've got to realign ourselves and go, you know what, God, I'm not overwhelmed. God, I'm not discouraged because you're better than what I am facing, right? Then the third one, the third main key that we see from that line is it says, God is our Father. Hmm, interesting key. So we don't pray alone. We don't need to pray alone. We've got to understand that God is bigger than any prayer request we could ever have. And the third thing is God is our Father. And so if you've been to youth the last few times and you've heard me preach, we've been discovering this thing of God the Father and us as children of God. Are in agreement? Yeah. So who, does anyone remember what my first message title was when I started talking about these, these things? All right, I'll help you out here. Good job, Claire. Can you Claire a clap? God is not your granddad. Or God is not my granddad, right? That's what we looked at. We looked at the concept as God is not your granddad. Now, what is my name? Joshua Philip Santos Stefano. Now, why is that? Because my father is Roberto Santos Stefano. And why is he Roberto Santos Stefano? Because his father was Salvatore Santos Stefano. But, so that's the reason why I'm Santos Stefano. And I'm assuming for most of you, your last name is the same thing. It gets handed down from generation to generation to generation. But the kingdom of God is not work the same. There's only kids and, and God. So translation is, just because your parents believe in God does not mean that you are a grandchild of God. That it doesn't work like that. So this is the one thing that you and your parents are at the same level on. When you get your own faith and you know what, I believe that God is real. I believe that God exists. That there's a transformation takes place. You go, you know what? Um, there's not such a thing as a grandkid. It's either God's your father or he's nothing. And so we want to be in a position where we go, you know what, God, you're not my granddad. I'm not just going to follow what my parents' faith is. I've got my own faith. I've got my own revelation. So that's what we looked at week one is to be a child of God, God is not your granddad. You have the decision to make yourself. I follow you, God, not following the information handed down to me from my parents, right? Does anyone remember what the second one was? Okay, sorry. We, we work out, okay, well, I want to be a child of God, and I don't want to, obviously, I can't be a grandchild. So we've got to ask the question, well, how do I become a child of God? So the second week, we learned about being born again. So the way that you become a child of God is you have a rebirth. And it's like, well, how does that work? And so then you look at the Bible, and do good Nicodemus. He's like, how does an old man go back in his mum? And we don't want to think about that. That's what Nicodemus asked Jesus. But Jesus said, no, 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 it's a spiritual awakening. There's something that comes alive on the inside of you where you go, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a new person. I'm not who I used to be, right? Yeah. So we see that to be born again is this spiritual shift that takes place. And then what we looked at was that there's four main things that separate four main things. It's like Shrek. Four, like, you know, pick number three, my Lord, pick number three. It's like four main things that separates babies from adults, right? And what's that? A baby can't talk. A baby can't walk. A baby can't... Can't feed itself and a baby can't clean itself. Good job, those that got it. Very good. So we learn that. So when you get born again, when you get reborn and you become alive supernaturally in the spirit, you start to learn to walk. Now, what is walking? It's walking in faith. So an example would be, Joel was talking about offerings before. When, when it comes to giving offerings, that something comes alive on the inside of you. You go, you know what? I want to give money. And, people, and you might say, hey, Claire, I want to give... $3,000 to you next week. And people are like, say what? That doesn't make sense. But when you're walking by faith, 
Yes. Things that don't make sense yeah. start to make sense. We yeah. go, you might not understand it because you haven't had the revelation, but I've had the revelation. I want to give money because yeah. that's taking a step of faith, yeah. right? And there's so many other things. It might be, you know what, I'm really comfortable where I am right now, and God's calling me to become a youth pastor in Wyala, people who are also junior or some other crazy place. And people are like, what are you talking about? Port Lincoln's awesome, you're crazy. But you know, it goes, no, I'm starting to walk by faith. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense in the natural. So that's what happens. That's the first thing we start to learn to walk by faith. Another thing, we start to talk by faith. And so people, you know those people that's like, my life sucks. Um, uh, uh, so horrible, horrible, horrible. You know what I mean? But then people start to learn to talk with faith. They go, you know what? My life's been rough, but God's got something better for me. Yeah. Things haven't been easy, yeah. but God can get me through these circumstances. Yeah. So we start to talk by faith. The other one is we learn to feed ourselves. So when, we, when we're when we born again, we come to church and we hear preaching and that feeds us. But we get to a point where we go, you know what, I can read the Bible and get revelations for myself. We, you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you learn how to speak in tongues. When you're praying, you're feeding yourself in the supernatural. Yeah. That's another way you feed yourself. You learn how to fast. It's not just starving yourself, it's drawing yourself closer to God. Yeah. There's so many ways that when you get born again, you start to learn to feed yourself and finally, babies can't clean up after themselves, vomit, poo, all these disgusting things, bathing even. And in the same way, when we get born again, we, we get awakened to our sin issues. I did that wrong. I shouldn't be doing that. I call it, you get a yuck. Before you get born again, there's so many things you do in life, you go, I don't care about this. It doesn't, doesn't mean anything. You get born again and you start going, hmm, I shouldn't do that. Hmm. Yeah. Mum told me I'm not allowed to take those cookies. I keep going back to those cookies. And, and you go, mm, I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm. And so you start to learn to go, you know what, this is a sin. And you don't just go, I'm a sinner. But you go, God, I repent of this. Take this sin off me, right? Yeah. So that took me a little bit longer than I was expecting. But that's what we've looked at. But today, we're going to look at another thing regarding uh, children of God and those sorts of things, right? So for all of those in the book of Luke chapter 6... In the book of, book of Luke, chapter 6. And can I just say that? Can I encourage you? If you're using your phone for notes, why don't you just chuck your phone on flight mode or something just so you don't get distracted by incoming notifications. Luke, chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 27 to 36. Love your enemies. Mm, love your enemies. Now, I'm going to tell you, this bit of scripture here, this bit of passage we're about to read, this thing preaches itself, right? And if you're exploring faith, right, if you have not yet made a decision about Jesus, can you just go, phew, phew, Okay, there's a few people exploring their faith. That's fine. You are the lucky ones. For the rest of us that have made commitments for Jesus, you know what? No, we believe in Jesus. We want to follow his ways. This is where we go, uh-oh, because this stuff is challenging. This no. stuff is not easy to do, but I believe if we want to be children of God, we're going to have to take heed of this and understand it. So if you're just on the journey of, I don't know what I believe, I'm just hanging on, great. Phew, ignore this. But if you're going, you know, I'm all in, this is going to be what we need to hear. So it says this, but those who are willing to listen. So if you're keen about Jesus, if you're going, you know, this isn't just an accessory, this isn't just my parents' faith, but I'm getting serious about this. Jesus says, but those who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Hmm. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. Why don't you slap the person beside you? No, 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 don't do that. Do not slap the person beside you. Uh, if someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. 
And then when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Mm. Do to others what you would like them do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you uh, do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get any credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Finally, verse 35, love your enemies, do good to them. Lend to them without expecting them to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Hmm. So if you want a title tonight, we're going to be looking at this subject. The family motto or our family rules. Can somebody say that family motto? Family, family motto. motto, family rules. I don't know about you if your family has a motto, but my dad has some family rules. And so he might say to me, Josh, how'd you go at footy today? We lost. And his response was like, that's not how we do it in our family. We win, win, win. He'll say to come, come, or how did you go in basketball today? Oh, we tried, didn't we? That's not how we do it in my family, Carmel. In my family, Santos Safanos, win, win, win. That's my dad's motto. And it's a better motto than lose, 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 yeah. or um, can't do anything, yeah. no good and horrible. Yeah. No, no, my dad has a motto for our family. Santos Safanos, win, win, win. Yeah. And God, our Father, has a motto for our lives if we're going to become a children of God. And then we go... This is how we do it in the children of God, kingdom of God, family. And so this is his motto. Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid, be compassionate and kind. That is the motto of the kingdom of God. That is the motto of children of God. Asanto Sofano, win, win, win. For the kingdom of God, we do what I've just said. So collectively, children of God, we, we love, their, love their enemies and do good to them. We lend without expecting to be repaid. And we are compassionate and kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Loving your enemies. Very interesting. Chloe, can you just chuck me up that photo, please? So I saw this picture of this little kid. This kid is wise. Dear God, I bet it is very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family and I can't even do that. He, he can understand that. Like, who knows what you're talking about? The, the people closest to you drive you the most crazy. And it's like, Jesus, God, this doesn't make sense. I live with my family and they drive. I can't even love them. And you're telling me to love my enemies. What? Yeah, this doesn't make sense, Jesus, right? And so our society, who, who, hopefully you can repeat, our society is getting more and more divided. Uh, there's, it's getting harder and harder to find common ground with people, right? Um, there, there, there's extremes. You've got carnivores and you've got vegans. You've got, um, and you know what I mean? It's hard. People that love their, people that love their meat and you've got people that love their eating grass like a sheep. And it's, it, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? It's getting harder and harder to find common ground yeah. with people. But children of God, come on, Seth, get around here. But children of God are known for their love. And so here, that's a crazy thing. So the more and more our society is getting divided, 
the kingdom of God and the children of God should be finding more and more ways to show love to those. When society says you can't agree with each other, you can't get along, children of God go, you know what, we might not agree on this and that, but one thing we do know is we know how to love you because you're a person. We might not agree on a lot of things, but because you're a person, we still love you and respect you. Hmm. And so when, uh, and it's like so interesting, like I find a lot of times in life, you might be in this situation, you start finding yourself doing chores around the house, right? You start going, I'm gonna, if I clean this and I'll, I'll do that, but why are we doing those things? Not because we're showing love, it's because we want kaching. Mum, I wanna go to my friend's house. Mum, I wanna go down the street, you know what I mean? Or dad, I want, I want you to buy me something. And so we find ourselves doing these chores because we want something, not because we just love. But Jesus said, we gotta move from being the chore to get something going, you know, I'm gonna do some chores around the house, because I love to, because yeah. I want to, not because it gets me anything from it. Yeah. And that's what Jesus is saying. We want to have that life, in that spirit in our life. When we're not just doing a chore for what we get out of it, we do a chore just because of the love in yeah. our heart, right? Yeah. And that's what Jesus is telling us. And so a common question you often hear is, if God is real, why does bad things happen to good people? Has anyone ever heard that? If God is good, if God is real, why does bad things happen to good people? Now, I don't have enough time to unpack this fully, right? But here's the thing. Um, I talked about a cookie jar before, right? So if I had a cookie jar here, and I said, you're not allowed to take the cookie, right? Then I, then I believe, and what starts happening? Mm, those cookies sure do love good. Mm, I really could have one of those cookies. Then I come back in, and then you go, oh, no, I didn't touch him, right? But here's the thing, right? Just because you didn't take the cookie, you still have the desire to take the cookie in your heart, if you're honest. There's things that you know you're not meant to do it, but you're standing up in your head. Mm, I could do this, I'll wait till they leave and I could grab it. But just because you didn't do it, doesn't mean you're good. And so here's the craziest thing is, so we people talk that statement, well, why does bad come to good people? Um, Jesus makes it very clear in scripture that nobody is good. Just because you don't act on your evil thoughts, your internal mind is full of dodginess. Whether we like it or not, just, by simply having the thought about it shows that we are broken and not good. Yeah. But there's a different question. The opposite of that is, is that another question is, but why does good things happen to bad people? So we could ask, well, why does bad things happen to good people? Well, but the real question is, why does good things happen to bad people, right? And this is the thing. This is what, what happened. We read, it says that uh, God is compassionate and kind to the unthankful and the wicked. And that's why... Good things happen to bad people. It's because God is that good. God is that loving and generous to us. And so because God is our father and he's kind, and we are his children, his sons and daughters, we are to be kind. Chloe's going to put up another picture from a guy called Ben Prescott. This is a great quote. If you remember anything, remember this. Sometimes you have to be kind to others, not because they're nice, but because you are. Mm. I'm going to read that again. Sometimes you don't have to be kind to others because they're nice, but because you are. Can you tell the person beside them, you are, beside you, you are, you are, you are, you are. So we're coming down to land, we're coming down to land, we're coming down to land. There's two standards in what we just read. There's two standards that Jesus gives in life. So there's a sinner's standard and then there's a child of God standard. And so, if, if, you're, if we're just happy testing the waters, I don't know where Jesus is, well, there's the sinner standard, and then there's the, I'm a child of God standard. 
And so the sinner standard was this. If you love only those who love you, why would you get any credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. That's easy. When It's easy to say, oh, mama, I love you when, when she gives you a massage and, and um, washes your clothes. That's easy to do that. But then, and then, and if you do good to uh, only, and if you do good only to those who uh, do good to you, why should you get any credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why would you get any credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full reward. So that's the first standard. Sinner, sinners standard. Are we people that just do what gets repaid back? I will do a few chores because I get something in return for it. Or we see the next standard, the child of God standard. But those who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other. Also, if someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them do to you. Can I tell you that last verse challenges me a lot, right? I, sometimes my mum or my dad or people close to me will ask me something and I'll be like, I told you this last week. Didn't you listen to me? Like, how many times do I have to repeat myself? And I get flustered and annoyed. I'm like, I told, can't you remember? But you know what? When they ask me a question, I don't want them snapping at me and going, Josh, we told you last week. Josh, can't you remember? And I got a, it changes you. You know what, Josh? I want to be gracious and loving, just like when, when it might annoy me, I annoy them just as much, I annoy you just as much. But we want to be people that we treat others how we want to be treated. And we've got to always be realigning ourselves to those things. So the three keys that we learn if we're going to be looking at to become a child of God, the three things are, the first one is a child of God or children of God are unoffendable. Can everybody say unoffendable? Unoffendable. So unoffendable. Children of God are unoffendable. It says there, um, we've got to love our enemies and do good to those who hate you. When bad things happen... That is an opportunity to show love, right? The sinner standard says, if they do good to you, you do good back to them. If they, if, if they do nothing good to you, well, don't do anything, like, just leave them alone, right? But the, 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 the child of God says, you know what? It doesn't matter what bad things you do to me. It doesn't matter what things you, you say. It hurts, yes. But you know what? I don't choose to hold offence. I don't choose to hold a grudge. I'm going to still treat you with love. I'm going to still treat you with respect. I'm going to still treat you with dignity because you're a person. And so we got, it, that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of strength. And our society will go, you know what? You know what? And, and there comes a time where sometimes there's wisdom and we've got to distance ourselves. But we've got to be big enough people to go, you know what? I choose to not be offended. I choose to show love. Because yeah. can I tell you, when things in her comes... Love isn't, like the easy part to love is when, yeah, here you go, Josh, here's some chocolates. Oh, I love you. No, that's the easy part. The hard part is to go, you know what, when you steal my chocolates and go, but love, when bad things happen, when we choose to be unoffendable, that's when real love is shown. Real love is proved when we actually have to make a decision. You know what, Um, I I choose to love and value you despite everything else because that's where real love is found, right? So that's the first thing. We've got to be unoffendable. The second thing we notice is uh, children of God pray. It says there, pray for those who hurt, uh, that, that hurt you, right? And so often we can pray and go, you know what, God? Did you see what they did to me? And we're gossiping to God. We're gossiping to our friends. 
Claire, would you believe it? Um, they, they sat down and they didn't honour me. Would you believe it? Um, Joel, would you believe it? They did this mean thing. They did that horrible thing to me. And we can gossip and complain, gossip and complain. But this says a child of God prays for those that hurt them. Yeah. Prays for those that curse them. So we yeah. go, you know what, God? We pray right now for, this, for these people that are mean to me. And God, we pray that you change their heart. God, yeah. help me not be offended. But God, I pray that you bless them. I pray that you'd help them uh, have so much money that they don't steal stuff from me ever again. Mm. And that's what a child of God does. So a child of God is unoffendable. And then a child of God are people that pray. Finally, the last thing is, a child of God are not a victim. Child, children of God are not victims. In our world today, there are so many people that want to be a victim. That want to go, you, you don't know what happened to me. You don't know my story. You don't, you don't know the horrible things that have happened. And I don't deny bad things have happened. I don't deny that there's been hurt. But we've got to understand, when we become a child of God, and as we pray our Father in heaven, we've got to... By even praying that, the victim tag's got to go. So we go, you're yeah. God, you're bigger than my victimization. God, you're bigger than anything that I'll face. God, you're bigger than anything that I will face. You're bigger than any problem that's coming against me. And when we learn to pray, when we learn to say, God, you're God, I am not a victim. But I am, I am victorious. I am not someone that's been oppressed. But God, I'm actually someone that can uh, be expressed far further than anything could ever stop me. And so can I encourage you, one youth, when things are taken off of you, don't try to get it back. Trust God. So many times in life we go, you know what, this was that was my promotion. Or that was meant to be my car. Or that was they they promised this, false promise. You are not a victim, one youth. You're gonna go, you know what, God, I trust you more than a man. And and this was promised to me, but God, I believe that you've got something better in store for me. I, I, I wanted this dodgy car, but God, I thank you that you've got a better car coming from my way. I, I thought that promotion was mine, but God, I thank you that you've got a better job mm. in mind for me. And we've got to realign ourselves to the kingdom of God and say, you know what, God, I'm unoffendable. Yeah. No one can hurt me enough that I can't love. God, I choose to pray. And God, I am not a victim because I'm a child of God. I'm going to read that quote from Ben Prescott one more time. Sometimes you have to be kind to others. Not because they're nice, but because you are. Can you tell the person beside you again? You are. You are. You are. You are. You are.